Welcome to the True Safety Podcast with Apollonia Rockwell, where each week you hear from safety industry experts and leaders discussing safety culture, team development, and the future of the safety industry. If you are looking for help with your safety program or have questions, head to truesafetyservices.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode on the True Safety Podcast. I'm your host, Apollonia Rockwell, and I have a really exciting guest today, Chris Cameron. With a, He's the Director of Occupational Health at um, Mavicova. Gosh dang it, Chris, tell me oh, again. Oh, you had it. it. <laughs> it's Physical Therapy. Makavika Physical Therapy. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm so excited to chat with you because just like we were talking offline, that in the occupational space that we're in, it's a lot of it's a lot of reactive services, right? We're talking about safety yeah. training or safety consulting, where a lot of the times a lot, a big bulk of our customers come to us. We see a lot of clients that are, Hey, Apollonia, we have an emergency. Um, XYZ incident just happened or so-and-so had a recordable. How do I, how can you help me move forward from this accident? How can we move forward from this, um, tragic event that's happened at our company? And so it's a lot of rush. It's a lot of go, go, go. And that's a, that's a lot of my world. And so doing research, on you, Chris, in your background, um, being in the more preventative, proactive side um, of services in the safety world is just super, super interesting. So, Chris, welcome this morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. You know, like you mentioned, um, I was on the opposite side of this for so long. Um, I've I've been a practicing physical therapist for 12 years. Um, You know, in the first eight or nine of that, I was seeing all this stuff kind of like you um, on the back end where somebody sustained, you know, an injury, be it a sprain strain or, you know, a catastrophic event. And we Mm -hmm. were seeing it in our clinics and you get to know things and you get to know companies and, and you see enough of it and you realize there's gotta be a better way of doing this, right? How can we prevent this stuff from happening? Cause they're life-changing events for these employees. Yeah, and, you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's oftentimes it can be tragic and it's got a lot of collateral damage to it. So, you know, for, yeah. for me and for us, it was, you know, how do we help these people? How do we get ahead of this? How do we make sure this doesn't happen? You know, how can yeah. we save it in the future? And that's kind of how we got into doing what we're doing. And to paint a picture for the audience too. So, um, can you talk a little bit about the type of clientele that you see? Um, we work with a lot of construction, oil and gas, truck drivers, welders, um, kind of, you know, that realm. What, who do you see? Yeah. So I've got this, I've got this really, I, I love my job because it's so cool. I get to work with all kinds of different companies. So I've got construction and major manufacturing are kind of our, our wheelhouse. Um, that's what okay. we do, but I've got everything from landscaping to, um, you know, small mom and pop shops that are doing drywalling or framing, um, to major manufacturing that employs 2000 people, general contractors that employ 500. Um, so it, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of everything. So, yeah. um, you know, that's that where we get to be dynamic in our world. Um, but we get to, we get to learn a lot about a lot of different industries as well. Absolutely. And the reason why I asked you that I was, I was thinking when you are typically seeing an employee 
is what they're coming in for very similar to a lot of people in that similar industry? So do you see, um, you know, maybe the same top five, top five injuries or top five categories with construction, top five for um, truck driving or for the manufacturing side of things? Or do you just mm-hmm. see a general top five um, I don't want to say ill, you know, injuries by the time they come and see you, but what do you see a lot of? Yeah. So it, it does vary based on industry, right? I mean, cause everybody's got a little bit different demands. So when you're talking about, let's look at major manufacturing assembly line work, for instance, you know, that's, just, it's so repetitious because those guys are going yeah. so fast all day, all week, you know, trying to hit goals, numbers, and everything else. So for that group, we're going to tend to see more inflammatory overuse injuries, most commonly of the upper extremity, elbow, wrist, hand, even shoulder to a point. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. But then your major manufacturing is a little bit, or your, sorry, your, your construction general contracting is a little bit different. Those guys are climbing around in the mud. They're lifting heavy objects. They're working in awkward positions. That tends to be more of your low back, knee, lower extremity, your slip and fall um, type of injury. So those are different in those different worlds. Um, You know, your landscapers and stuff like that, you're going to see probably more into the general contractor type injuries where they're going to pick up something heavy or, you know, they were doing a mulching job, right? And they were scooping, shoveling all day, all week, depending on the scope of of the gig. Um, So that's, again, going to be more your lower extremity or low back type issue. Um, But that tends to be kind of more of, of, of what we tend to see. Yes, which makes so much sense. That's a lot of what I see as well. And I think that mm-hmm. it's interesting that we're going, I want to go back to the the proactive side because this is what really, really interests me about what you do. And you're, you're seeing a lot of these injuries. Um, they differ, of course, like you mentioned, between different industries, between different work types. And you thought to yourself, what can we do to serve these employees, to serve mm-hmm. these employers where we're helping on the proactive side and the preventative side. Mm -hmm. And can you talk to the employers for a little bit about for those employers who maybe just don't know, or they have never utilized these types of services. Can you tell us a little bit about what you can do for these um, companies on the preventative side? So that, that pre-employment side, what is ideal that a company brings in a new hire and uh, it's a manufacturing type of facility. What it, what would be ideal for these new hires? What have you seen be successful? Yeah. Sure. So with the preventative side, I'll say it doesn't just stop at at least what we do does not just stop at the at the pre-employment side of things. That's really where we where that's just the jumping off point. Absolutely. Um, I like to tell people, you know, we offer it's it's full spectrum, right? So we'll take everything from a pre-employment to um, on-site to ergonomics is another big piece of things we do where we go in and we, we evaluate things based on injury trends that they're seeing to early okay. injury intervention where, all right, maybe they've got somebody that's got a, a low-grade sprain strain issue. It's just kind of nagging, but they're not sure what to do about it. Um, you know, that's something that we'll address too. And then the post-injury side of things too. But let's talk about the, the, the beginning of it, right? The pre-employment. So yeah. 
in this current environment for the last year, it has been the wild west when it comes to hiring, right? I think most yeah. employers can tell you that it has been, it's crazy because there's such demand and so few people that when, when companies get a good person, they want them on site, on the job as soon as they can do it. So it's our job to try and make that happen. You're um, speaking to all the employers. All the employers are like, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. There's matter. people standing up and, and clapping right now, I think, when I when I bring that up because everybody's in the same <laughs> yeah. boat, right? And it doesn't matter what industry you're in. I mean, it is – I've got somebody – Colorado doesn't matter what state you're in. doesn't matter. The industry you're yeah. right. So everyone's like, okay, I agree with you, Chris. Once we yep. have somebody, we definitely mm – -hmm. yeah, we want – that we want them to start yesterday and right. uh, but what am I supposed to do Chris like I'm an employer of a of mm -hmm. a construction company or we have some manufacturing like what am I supposed to do it's actually so just and we'll get to it, it's actually helped change our, our make our practices better because we are so wildly efficient with this stuff now that we know we have to if, if an employer brings us somebody we have to turn them around within 24 hours because there's such a risk of that employee just going to the next job and then the employer loses them and I don't and that net I never want that to be my fault. So we've actually turned yeah. it from it being instant reporting on the physicals to instant read drug screens to everything. Um, we've had to, to wildly improve our processes to be able to, to turn this around. So we're getting people in same day, next day, guaranteed, and then doing everything that day. So that if oh. you bring me somebody, you know, our goal is to, is to get them back to you within the day. I always tell people, tell employers, hey, you're going to have reports on this person typically by the time they're even out of my parking lot so that once, once they're clear by us, you could have them on the job site as soon as they're back to you. Um, but yeah, so for us, the way we do it, um, you know, it's, it's all about getting a good candidate quickly, but making sure they're still a good candidate, right? That's what, okay. that's the whole okay. reason yep. for doing a pre-employment physical is, is I'm going to try and do my best to make sure that you're not hiring a claim. That's what I always tell employers. I'm gonna make sure you're not hiring oh. a claim. So our Music goal is, is my ear. Yes. oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, so we do this a variety of different ways and, and I, I've structured it, you know, uh, to everyone's advantage. So we have them come in and they're going to fill out a health history form and that health history form, it's yes, no questions with blanks um, to elaborate. And it covers everything from previous injury history, previous surgery injury, previous surgical history, Basically, their opportunity to self-disclose anything that is pre-existing and when it happened, right? Oh um, so if you're coming yes. in and you've got low back pain that started a month ago, here's your here's your chance, employee, to tell us about it. Yes. So they go through, they fill it out. Now, whether it's it's 100% accurate or not, I don't have a say over that, but it at least gives the employee a chance to be forthright, okay? Yes, absolutely. So they get through that. We bring them into exam room. Once I get into exam room, now it's my chance to tease out anything pre-existing. And our flow for this is the same regardless of the injury. So it can be manufacturing, construction, framing, I mean, you name it. Um, it could be, you know, sorting paper clips. Whatever the case is, our process for this point is the same. And we're going to go through range of motion testing at every joint. We're going to compare it side to side. We're going to go through strength testing of the upper extremity, the lower extremity, and then we're going to go through what I call repeated motions testing. Okay. I always tell people this because you can, like, I'm, an, I'm a board certified orthopedic specialist. I, I've been a practicing PT for a long time. I can still get fooled once. 
I can still be fooled once by somebody. However, with yeah. the shoulder, with the back and with the legs, I'm going to put you through repetitious motion because if you fooled me once, you're not going to be able to fool me 10 or 20 times. I'm going to be able to see it if you've got a deficit through range of motion yeah. and, and, and making you just do the same quick motions over and over again. Mm-hmm. Now, we build it in where the employee doesn't necessarily know what, what they're doing. It's like, oh, you want me to bend down and touch my toes 10 times? Okay, I can do that. And they yeah, and maybe yeah. they can and maybe they can't. But, um, you know, if they've got a back issue, they can grit through it once, right? But they probably can't <laughs> grit through it with the, same, with the same flow and the same motion and the same fluidity by rep 10 that they had at rep 1. Yes. Um, so we try and do that. And then we go through special testing of the shoulder to make sure there's not a pre-existing rotator cuff issue or anything like that. Because again, with our workforce, there's a lot of that floating around out there, right? And it's going job to job. And, and I want to make sure that we try and catch those things. And it's not necessarily at this point exclusionary. I'm not going to tell this person that they can't work. However, if they've got a rotator cuff issue, I'm at least going to document it so that we know it was there day one. Mm-hmm. And they don't walk on the job site and the first day, pick up someone to go, oh, my shoulder hurts. Ooh, okay, maybe it, maybe it does, right? But we can at least document that you brought that to the job site. The job site didn't cause the injury. Yeah. Um, so we do that. And then, and this is all pretty quick, um, you know, usually five, 10 minutes worth of, of going through. And then at that point, we go through what we call essential functions testing. And that's what's different industry to industry, employer okay. to employer. I let, and I work with companies to, we're going to build a custom screen for you um, based on the demands of your job. So we go through those things, uh, you know, it might be lift 50 pounds from the floor to the shoulder three times, or maybe it's carry 50 pounds from, you know, here to 150 feet, whatever the case, maybe wheelbarrow, maybe shovel, whatever the case may be. That's mm-hmm. then the second piece of it after we've done what, you know, that, that initial screen. And then we do drug testing, hearing testing, vision testing, and all that as a piece of it too. So it's all, it, it really encompasses a little bit of everything. So it, it's everything from the employee disclosing things to us trying to just figure out how healthy fit this person is to then, all right, can you do this job and can you do it safely? Oh my goodness. I'm getting so excited because I have a testimony of how important, how vital something like this is for an employer. So I have a quick story. So I was working as a health and safety director for a trucking, oil and gas construction type of company. And they had a driver who was lifting some things in the yard, like you mentioned, and Mm -hmm. had a rotator cuff injury and we go to physical therapy and long story short this company had just adopted a program similar to what you're describing where they're getting a a baseline they're doing a pre-employment a pre-employment physical for all these employees and this particular employee went through it well they had um Luckily, because there was uh, a previous rotator cuff injury, because there was an actual documented range of motion test, strength Mm -hmm. test, grip test done prior to this employee being brought on. So now, yes, this injury, the injury did happen on the job, but the employer was only responsible to get this employee up to where he was at when he started day one, not... And that physical therapy, and so the physical therapist said, hey, without this range of motion test, we would, this case would have been a one to two year minimum physical That's therapy. That's a six-figure claim. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a six-figure uh, claim yes. for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. easy. That's what they – you're exactly right. This would have been mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands to get him to where he never was. But he's like exactly. – But since, since we have this baseline, this is a – you know, it was just a really minor claim and it took, it took us a few weeks to get him back to where he was when he started right. the job. So it saved the company tremendous time, energy, money, resources, time off, you know, the gamut. So, well, yeah. And all those, in, all those indirect costs are, are, you know, we can, we can calculate the direct cost, right? Like, Hey, his medical, his indemnity, whatever else was going to cost, let's call it 150,000, right? Yeah. Well, there's all those soft costs of replacing him. Also, what you find too is in the reason I'm, I'm so big on this is how often does somebody enter the medical system? Like, let's say it was that one and he goes into a rotator cuff tear or whatever. And, and, and the whole rehab protocol and he's out of work for three months. What are the odds that guy's never coming back? Right. So now the company is going to have all this money invested in direct, indirect costs of replacing this guy. And now you're going to, now you've lost a skilled worker and you're going to have to replace him with somebody maybe who's brand new and God only knows what you're going to get to backfill it in, in today's world. So your, your, your costs compound so quickly, right? Um, and kudos to them for having that information because yeah, they saved themselves a lot on the, on the front end, but man, when you look full scope of how some of these injuries change companies, it is, it's huge, especially for your, your, your smaller operations. Well, you know what, too, something you you just said kind of made me think of this is going to the indirect costs. So going to the human side of things, too. So think about that employee. So I was I was the safety director working with this employee every single day. So I can contest that this employee, you know, he was feisty. He was, you know, the rough and tough type Mm -hmm. of cowboy type of guy. But I'll tell you. That if it weren't for that baseline, he was the type of person that would have, like you mentioned, he would have quit. He would have filed that claim, wrote it out possibly until as long as it could, and then quit. You know, then he's not working for three months and Mm -hmm. and then would never go back. It Mm -hmm. would never come back. But because if without that baseline, he would have thought this really did happen on the job. I think that you could contest a lot of employees. They might, they might think, well, yeah, this injury is bigger than it seems because they, they themselves didn't know maybe how bad right. their range of motion was when they got on the job. You know, they could be right. like this, you know, the company owes me X, Y, Z. I got hurt on the job, but they yep. didn't know they were actually, they weren't even there if that makes any sense. So. Oh, absolutely. And, and then there's so many other factors, right? Like this person's off work and then the, you know, the lack of motivation and the things that go into not having a sense of purpose of getting up and go to work every day, yeah. how that then yeah. imp- impacts personal life and, and, and relationships and home life. And just overall, it gets into this, like this, I call it the doom loop of uh, injury you. where, where then they go back and then they're, they're more angry at their employer for causing this injury or it happening at work. Well, now they're not taking care of me and now, and now my home life's in shambles and I'm never going to go back to work because I can't do what I used to do. And it just gets, it just keeps going and going and going. And it's like, man, if we could have just head this thing off to start with, yep. we look at all, look at, look at the impact we could have had if, if this never would have happened. Right. Um, 
Yep. Because and it that's, provides that's clarity. That's what's gotten me into this. Makes sense. Oh gosh, how fulfilling. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it provided this employee clarity. So when mm-hmm. he, you know, he was all angry, he was angry at himself. He was angry, you know, he was just angry in general. But once we started the physical therapy and they were like, hey, Joe Schmo, we'll say, mm-hmm. you're back to where you were when you started. He had mm-hmm. that clarity. He had the data. He had the, he had the results right in front of him that, hey, my employer did everything they could to get me back to where I was at day one of this company. And if he didn't have right. that mental clarity, he would have thought the, the company's screwing me over. They're trying to get me. They're trying to short my PT. I'm doing yep. PT for another year to get me to a place that I never was. So anyways, that is yeah. – It all comes to managing expectations, right? I mean, that is, it's managing expectations. So if you can set the expectation to this employee that says, hey, Joe Schmo, we see that three months ago, we we checked your shoulder and you had 75% range of motion and a mild strength loss compared to the other side, okay? So I know today your shoulder hurts bad because you injured it yesterday. And yeah, you might have... 25% 25% of the range of motion that you had, and you can hard, you hardly have any strength because it hurts so bad. All right, here's what we're going to do for you. We're going to, we're going to do these things for you. Here's the interventions. Here's what we're going to do over the next three weeks. And our goal is to get you to 75% and a mild strength loss. That's where we want to get. We're not expecting perfection. Yeah. Joe Schmoll yeah. employee goes, okay, all right. That's what, that's what we're going to do. That's what I have to expect. Let's, let's do that. Too often, especially with the aging workforce, which is, is hard, is they have this expectation of perfection. So if you can, yes. if you can manage the expectation up front that says, hey, look, we're not going to get to perfection because we know three months ago you didn't have it to begin with. Yes, 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 Here, yes. Here's how, we, here's how we can get you there. Instantly, you have, you've taken control of the situation by managing their expectations and your outcome is going to be so much better than it would if you didn't have that data going in. Oh man, I completely agree with you. What about, do you have any other stories that you'd want to share with the audience of um, maybe one of your favorite employer, employee stories of how, you know, something like this just really, really benefited uh, oh, this individual? I'm sure you have a ton. Oh, I've got tons, <laughs> right? I mean, I can sit here and think, I, I just, I, I had a meeting with a company this morning, a uh, manufacturing company. Um, we've been working with them for a couple of years. And so we, I sat down with their leadership team this morning and, um, you know, just kind of went through like, hey, and I do this with everybody we work with at the end of the year of, Hey, all right, let's talk about where you're at. Here's the data I've collected for you. Um, kind of show me where you're at on your end. And for those, I've got my notes right here from our meeting. So, <laughs> you know, we went, we started working with, um, Oh God, it was, it was just pre COVID. Okay. Um, so the last three years of injury data for them, they had 13, 13 recordable injuries in 2020, cut that in half down to seven in 2021 and knock on wood. We got a couple weeks left in, in 2022 and they've got one. So, I mean, Employers yeah, you start on your chairs. The employers absolutely. are like, this right. is awesome. I mean, so, <laughs> so I try and get in with these companies like this and build these relationships with I can so that we can share data back and forth. Right. I mean, we can, you know, we can talk through email, do all the stuff, all, all you want. But in, in the end, what moves the needle is those numbers, right? We want to take those recordable numbers and I want to drive them in the dirt. My goal is to keep your people out of my office. Yes. Um, yeah. And in, we do that by doing what we do and then taking it to measurable numbers and, and intervening based on those measurable numbers. So, um, you know, if, if we don't see, if we don't see numbers drop like that over the course of a year or two, we know we got to, we know we have to keep whittling away and making changes until we do see those numbers. 
oh my gosh, my mind is exploding. It's going into all these different directions. You mm-hmm. saying that because holy smokes. I mean, I, of course, companies should have, you know, an in-house person that's a safety manager or somebody mm-hmm. that is probably wearing the safety manager and operations hat, but they're collecting that data. But for those of you who don't, or you do even having a partner like yourself, a company mm-hmm. like yourself, how vital, how important is it to, you know, rally all up at the end of the year and to see real life numbers. And I think that is so cool. What you guys do is you're meeting with your customers, your clients, and you're saying, this is what this year looks like. Here are the trends. Here's how numbers went up, went down. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, this is what it looks like compared to last year. If you had, you know, if they've been a long time customer with you, but to Mm -hmm. look at the numbers and the data is so important. That is such a huge uh, value piece that you provide. And so that made me think of, um, you just mentioned a customer that their numbers are going down year after year. Mm -hmm. And so what is is a piece of advice you could give to listeners that you've seen successful companies that have that trend? Their their injuries are going down, down, down. They're doing mm-hmm. baseline pre-employment physicals with you to make sure that they're not getting themselves into claims that don't need to happen, things like that. What are sure. some so other programs or something? There's, there's, so there's two things, really. Obviously, the pre-employment side, like I said, is big. Um, where we've seen the biggest, in, the biggest improvement is having a close relationship with companies obviously is big. And then we do a lot of, er- we, I call it early injury intervention. So the use of OSHA first aid. Um, so it, it helps mitigate sprain strain injuries. So it's the, it's yeah, the guy on the job. That. Yeah. So it's the guy on the job site who maybe, I don't know, let's say picks up, uh, I see with, um, you know, general contractors, they're doing concrete, moving forms and stuff where, all right, they go to pick it up and they got to carry it. You know, they just set this form. They're going to take it off. They're going to move it 10 feet and reset um, where they'll pick it up and they'll go to move it. Oh, they tweak their back. Right. And, Oh, my back is sore now from picking this up. We've got a, and we've got a, we've got an incident report to back it. Everybody's on board. So safety, their safety director call me and say, Hey, Chris, we've got, uh, we've got Joe Schmo on the job site and he's playing his back hurts. He, they were moving forms this morning. Um, can you just check him out for me? Um, we get him in the same day. So they'll bring him in. Joe Schmo comes in. It's pretty informal usually. And, and you know, he and I will sit down I've got a form that we fill out and just go over, Hey Joe, tell me what happened. Um, and usually the employer is either there or not. They're, some are different on how they do it. Um, I try and, and at least keep the employer out of this part of it just to help build some trust and rapport with the employee so they don't feel like they're being, you know, helicoptered by by the safety director. Makes sense. And yep. they'll tell me what's up. And usually I, I have the story from the employer already, and I just kind of make sure our stories match. Okay. And then at that point, I'm going to go through just a bit of an exam just to see what's going on and make sure it's nothing traumatic. Okay. And then it's it's OSHA first aid. So most of the employers out there will know kind of the, the boundaries of OSHA first aid. So it allows you to use some soft tissue massage, um, some non-restrictive bracing or taping, um, you know, heat and ice, the recommendation of over-the-counter medications, and then the use of the pre-shift stretch program. So what I do, and it's got the pre-shift stretch program has to be documented and already previously approved by the employer and such. Um, so what I'll go through is, is 
you know, kind of telling, give them the, Hey man, this is all going to be okay. Here's what you did. Here's why you hurt. Oh, here's yeah. what you can yeah. expect in the next 48 hours. And now I'm going to do some things to make you feel better. So you're going to feel better when you leave this office. And then I'm going to give you the things to do at home. Then I'm going to see you in the next 24 to 48 hours. And you're going to come in and you're going to tell me, did what I tell you was going to happen? Did that happen? Yeah. Vast majority of the time it does. Now all of a sudden they go, okay, all right. Yeah. I strained my back. Somebody validates my injury. A third party yes. validates that I hurt myself. And this yes. guy, this guy's a medical provider. So like he's validating it. So yeah, I did, I did hurt myself. Yeah. And then it's a, yeah. So he knows what he's doing. Right. Cause now I feel better. And then he told me what was going to happen and that did happen. Well, now we've just tamped down the anxiety so far yes. that this guy now, Joe Schmo does not have the ax to grind that perhaps he would have. He didn't go to some medical doctor, maybe that doesn't even know him. And, and, mm-hmm. and, doesn't know OSHA, doesn't know him, doesn't know OSHA. Right. So, so where I, right. So then we just kind of continue this pattern for the next, however many days it takes because OSHA first aid gives you a number of, you know, a set number of follow-ups that you can do on these injuries before it becomes recordable. So what we do is we just track them and usually we only see the vast majority is under five visits Mm -hmm. and this person stays at work, stays on the job site or within their job description so they're continuing to work. There's no time off. There's no indemnity. And they get a good result, right? They go back to work. Everybody feels good. Um, we keep the claim, the OSHA recordable claims down. And everybody wins because the employee keeps collecting a paycheck. The employer keeps a good employee, you know, and and, and we get a good result on our end. So we, so we feel good. Um, oh, that has God. been the biggest thing that we have seen drive claims down over the course of the last few years. It's been huge. I mean, the, I'm trying the cost to stay, savings is tremendous. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to stay in my seat because I also want to jump up on my desk yeah. and give you a round yeah. of applause because, oh my goodness, Chris, I can tell you by doing this for, for by working on injuries, illnesses, incidents, all the above, I can tell you, Chris, something like this works for a million reasons. Here's Mm -hmm. my top three employers that are listening. I will tell you right now that an employee and tell me, Chris, if you agree with this, an employee that feels heard, seen and validated. Yes. That is really what they want, right? They want Mm -hmm. to be heard, seen and validated. And when that happens, I feel like nine times out of 10, like you mentioned, this is going to stay a first aid, uh, mm-hmm. a first aid re- incident report. Mm-hmm. This isn't mm-hmm. going to snowball into a, a recordable because you went to the right person who understands OSHA law, who understands the validity of talking to a you know talking to an employee. And mm-hmm. I love what you said. You're talking with these employees. You're understanding what happened, and then you're giving them tools. To actually mm-hmm. feel better today, something that they could mm-hmm. do at home, something that they could do when they have a break at work. And I'll tell you just from experience and utilizing a, a lot of different occupational clinics um, and then in, in, the, in the worst cases, having to go to ERs or things like that mm-hmm. and where, where somebody is just not, you know, they're not... Uh, they're not versed in OSHA whatsoever. So we're, they're prescribing pain medication for oh, a yes. spring. Oh my gosh. Yes. But I'll tell you that 
when they can, an employee can leave your office and they are like, okay, well, gosh, I got my little list of first aid things to do. Heck, I even got some stretches that I could do at home. Then mm-hmm. they feel like they have some actionable steps to take towards getting better. And then it stays a non-recordable. This is huge. This yep. is something that all employers, I, I believe, need to be involved in. And you're the testimony that you've seen these these types of companies that are involved in these programs year after year, their their OSHA recordables are going down. Absolutely, they are, and it's it's that's what's super rewarding too. But the part two is having somebody that's you know having a provider that's willing to build the relationship with the company to understand the demands of the job, right? Yeah, because yes, then that helps right. me that's dial right. in my recommendations to employee and employer to say, hey, look, Joe Schmo can't maybe for the next two days, probably can't or shouldn't do, shouldn't be lifting the concrete forms, right? He he probably shouldn't do that because he needs to heal a little bit. However, I know Joe Schmo's job well enough because I know you guys well enough that I know he can't do that, but he can do this. And that is still within his job description. So instead of that, let's have him do this. That's going to take the strain off his back and he's going to feel better, but he gets to stay at work. Um, you have to, as an employer, you have to shop around, find, keep looking till you find somebody that's willing to take the time to learn your company and your industry well enough to be able to make those recommendations. Because like you said, I've seen it so many times. Let's take the Joe Schmo lifting concrete forms example, right? Joe Schmo comes in, let's say he's a 45 year old, you know, guy with a 25 year history of doing manual labor. He's going to come in, he's going to complain of low back pain. Oftentimes, we have seen docs are going to write prescriptions for a muscle relaxer, 800 milligrams ibuprofen, and if we're back 10 years, they're going to write an opioid script too. All right, we just handed handed Joe Schmo a loaded gun, right? So our, you know... we want to keep them out of that system and God forbid they come back in two weeks and still have pain. Then doc might order an MRI for Joe Schmo's low back. I can tell you right now, Joe Schmo has bulging discs in his low back. Well, now we have ourselves a massive problem because he's never going to, he's never going to unsee that MRI report that says he's got bulging discs in his low back. So now every time his back hurts, it's going to be like, Oh, that bulging disc is out again. Joe Schmo, no, it ain't. It's not, it's not what well, that's not your <laughs> issue, right? You've got a muscle strain, man. This is all you had. And you You're know, so my language. I mean, I've been, yeah, and we've I've seen, been the I'm, employer of Joe yeah, Schmo, not we, the we employer saw him on the, the back end of this in the clinics for years. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah. And you guys, I feel so bad. You guys are stuck in the middle of this so often, right? I mean, you're just trying, I, trying to put out fires. I can imagine, you know, the way I, the way I see it in my world. Um, so trying to keep Joe Schmo out of that system that where, you know, yeah. somebody is going to just make a mess of a claim that never needed to be that way. And then it goes back to all the other issues we talked about earlier, where let's say they take him off work for two weeks or whatever the case may be. Well, now you've, you've handed a dude a prescription and you've taken him out of work for two weeks, neither of which needed to happen. But now your odds of getting him back have declined. And even if he does come back, what are you going to get? Right. What Versus you if you just kept the guy at work, just keep the guy at work, keep him functional, keep him up, right. Keep him at work and keep him safe. If you can do that, your outcome is going to be tremendously better. Your cost is going to be less and your, your employee, your employer are both going to be happier. 
Last final question. Very serious. Can you clone yourself and come <laughs> to Colorado right now? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be all right, wouldn't it? No, but I tell you what, I can consult at least from a distance. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. guys. I am going to employers, supervisors, managers, you know, li- everyone listening. Gosh, everyone listening. I know is a, <laughs> maybe has some follow up questions or maybe something sure. for you, Chris. And so we're going to link. Uh, all of Chris's information in the podcast here. Um, what you'll allow us to to give of yours, we'll talk. Uh, we'll sure, talk to Chris sure, afterwards. Sure. Your email address, or you know, we'll definitely link the company's website so you could mm-hmm. um, get on there and connect with Chris. But I can't thank you enough, Chris, for what you're doing in your community, how you're serving employees, how you're serving employers, both. And uh, your passion for what you do shows through so clearly on this screen through your voice. You love what you're doing. That's that is so crystal clear. And it's really, really cool to talk to somebody who's living in their passion, living in their dream, living in one of their purposes, because you're helping a lot of people. And oh my goodness. So I, I would love to talk again. Um, sure. I, I just went through 46 minutes of <laughs> talking to an old friend, but like, I would love to talk again. Yeah. I know we're over on time, but, um, we'll wrap up. We'll, we'll link your information, but thank you so much, Chris. You're a, you're, you're very a welcome. Boss. I can't believe how fast that went. I just looked at the clock myself. I'd have guessed it was 15 minutes, but no, you're right. Wow. We've been at this. We've been at this for a minute. Yeah. Um, no, were. I want to thank you too, for just, you know, giving me the platform. Obviously this is something that I am, I'm passionate about. I feel like has a, has a huge purpose in our world and our industry right now. Um, So thank you very much for having me. I've, I've, I've loved being on. I'd love to talk again sometime in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. Audience, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the True Safety Podcast with Apollonia Rockwell. If you are looking to save time and money with your safety program this year, we'd love to hear from you. Head to truesafetyservices.com slash podcast to schedule a free call with our team where we will help you identify the biggest opportunities for growth in your company and safety program, and we'll connect you with the right resources to help you grow. Again, that is truesafetyservices.com slash podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. If you know anyone who needs to hear this episode today, click the share button and send them this episode. 